Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Long Live Rock and Roll podcast. To my right is my uh, co-host Felipe. How you doing, man? I'm fine with you, man. Yeah, not bad. We just had a gig, haven't we? That's why, that's why you can yeah. see if you're, if you're watching on video. We're in a hotel room in uh, lovely St. Albans. Not the perfect place to record a podcast, but it still works, isn't it? Yeah, it does, we can yeah. do it anyway. It's more yeah. rock and roll, surely. It's more rock and roll. Just played a gig. All sweaty. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't get more yeah. rock and roll. How was the day? How was the gig? Yeah, fine. Man. I mean, we got there, you know, just in time. You know, the traffic was bad. And I think we've managed to play really well tonight. I think it was yeah. a... It was a special one, you know, playing festivals again after all that time. And, uh, you know, rock and roll. The place was packed. It was the, the first music gig we'd done loud. in a while as well, wasn't yeah. it? We hadn't yeah. done a gig for so long. When was the last yeah. time we did one? Oh, 1978, I guess. <laughs> 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 Perfect. Not, not that. Excellent. Well, this, this week's episode, we are talking about a band that I know Felipe has a very big attachment to and who I dig a lot as well. And that is the mighty Credence Clearwater Revival. Yeah. Um, Talk to us a bit about Credence Reaper. Well, man, uh, Credence was one of the first rock and roll bands I ever listened to. Um, I remember my dad giving me a, a, a you know best of Credence album with twenty two songs. I still wow. remember to this day. I don't even think it was an official release or something. There's something. <laughs> it's the bootleg. Yeah, some sort of bootleg. And um, I think track sixteen or seventeen was Molina. Oh, yeah. And I love that song. It was the first song. I said, you need to listen to that one. We're going to start from that one. And it's funny, it's not even one of the most famous songs, but when I heard that, the groove in, and, uh, I, you know, the, it, it, so much energy. Oh, I yeah. loved it. Yeah, so Credence. And, um, well, uh, going forward a few years, I've played with a tri- um, tribute band, a Credence Clearwater oh, tribute cool. band, the official tribute band in Brazil. So they're actually nice. authorized by the original band to use the name and everything. So it's like pretty big deal. Um, I loved that. So I got to learn a lot about, about Credence, about the songs and um, the stories behind the song. So I, know, I love them. Like, I think yeah. they are one of the most important bands in history, for sure. The thing with them and Credence is that they're very influential on... Um, rock and roll bands going forward like in the 70s and 80s but from such a different vibe and a different way that for example the Beatles would have been they had that country didn't they they had that Americana kind of feel I wouldn't say Americana actually um, definitely country definitely country I think there's more um, it's more evident that they, there is um, they are an American band yeah. you can tell yeah, the, yeah, the Beatles are clearly not from that background so yeah. uh, although both Credence and Beatles could write like uh, hits and they had loads of hits and stuff like that but then you have a, a, one uh, interesting thing there again comparing to the Beatles and comparing to other bands you have one songwriter really in the yeah, band and that's such a it, huge part of the band wasn't it well John Fogerty is is pretty much um, I don't I don't know if every Credence fan is going to agree with this but he's pretty much a, a one man band He'd recorded yeah. loads of instruments. Uh, I think he even recorded bass, percussion, some some of the tracks, and he had a clear vision of what he wanted yeah. for the band. And I think uh, um, maybe what we were trying to say is all the elements of uh, American music are there. There's folk, there's country, mm-hmm. there's blues. Yes. They even recorded some songs, like some classic American tunes, like Cotton Fields. We were listening to Cotton Fields. Such a beautiful song by uh, Led Belly, who was mm. a, an American folk uh, blues singer. So they recorded that, they recorded Before You Accuse Me. So they never tried to hide 
their influences. Their influences, yeah. like that's what we're doing, you know. An interesting thing, um, also talking about John Fogarty and his songwriting, is that um, before Credence became Credence, they were. Do you know the name of the band they were? They called themselves. Oh no, I didn't know. I there's there's two of them. Oh. One of them I can't say because it's now considered a racist term. Oh, right. Uh, well, you can say it, can't you, if it's in the well, historical yeah. context. So, uh, from 1959 to 64, they called themselves the Blue Velvets. And the Blue Velvets. What, yeah. What's the, so there's a... And then the other one, uh, from 64 to 67, they called themselves the Gollywogs, which right. is a, a children's doll, but they were All white right. and black, which is why the word's not... Um, oh, okay. Not Sort yeah, of it correct does, it doesn't, it doesn't yeah. sound nice nowadays. No. Um, and so, because of that, you know, interestingly, what happened um, with those bands is that they all shared the songwriting and they never got a hit. So, oh, after see. the Blue Velvets and the Gollywogs, John Fogerty took over and said, I'm writing now. And he wrote everything, nearly everything the Creams have done. So, and isn't it funny that that's where their success came? It, it, maybe, isn't it interesting that? When someone has a strong vision about what kind of music they want to produce, then uh, maybe you should trust those guys. Yeah. You know, like Roger Waters was uh, for Pink Floyd in many of the albums. Mm-hmm. And the Beatles, they had different phases where John would be the leader or Paul would be the leader. But Credence was just like, that's John Fogerty's uh, uh, project. That's his thing. Yeah. And if you, if you listen to his you know solo career, there's loads of great songs as well. And and he still plays, you know, Creedence songs to, to a very high standard. He's really good. But, yeah, so the thing is, yeah, he knew what he wanted. He knew he wanted that country element, that kind of stuff. So it does communicate really well with American audiences, for sure. Yeah. It's, you know, because uh, uh, all the elements of, of uh, American mu- pop, American popular music are there. Mm. But for, the, for the time. For the time, yeah. Everything that happened before Credence is... is present in, the, in, yeah, in, in, in their music. So one thing I think that we can say they invented is it's actually a genre or a style, if you like, that that they have been attributed with that, for me, sums up Credence's music the best. And the, the funny thing is that I can't even begin to describe this genre. Yeah. The genre is called Swamp Rock. Swamp Rock. <laughs> and I don't know, how do you describe Swamp Rock? <laughs> See, I, I was thinking about this, and I was thinking maybe it could be with the key of the song, but then no, because they write songs in D major and A major, no. which are not... Uh, you tell me, how, in your opinion, how do they get that that swamp, swamp. sound? I, I think it's the, it has to do with the, the country element of it, isn't it? Mixed because, with some hard rock. Yes, it's... it's That's a good point. It's like... Um, heavy country you know yeah and what i think they have which is very special is mixing acoustic and electric guitars in in such a clever way did they do that a lot well yeah they do and if you listen to some songs like have you ever seen the ring it's totally based on the acoustic whilst, yes you know, yeah, and whilst it, it, it does change the song a lot the fact that it's not based on heavy electric guitars. And that's so the country folk element isn't that's it? a country folk element but if you just isolate the melody it has something completely unique to it. It's, yeah. it's, you know, it's rock. It's rock. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. Agree, yeah. Or, or you could even say it's a, it's a pop ballad. It could, it could have been recorded by any rock or pop artist, mm. and it would have been a hit. The melody yeah, is there. True. So, so it's one of those bands that if you strip down the songs and you just play them with acoustic guitar they still sound great. Absolutely. For me, that shows the power of the songwriting. I'm not saying that the arrangements were not clever. It's just like, it's totally about that thing, you know, acoustic guitar and vocals. Also, um, 
John Fogerty was a great uh, guitar player, but he didn't want to show off. Yeah. So you're not going to hear long solos apart from um, I heard it through the grapevine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, again, another song they re-recorded, another song that another cover, let's put it like that, they, they've done, um, uh, which is like them trying to relate to Motown. So yeah. again, every American style is present in that thing, isn't it? Yeah, I agree. Um, another interesting thing is that so we said that swamp rock was probably the the genre the well, name actually, that we called it. I like this. it. You can also consider them, you know, rockabilly, um, R and B, yeah. country. You know, we've said this all so before. There's loads of up tempo songs in it. So every yeah. every music genre there is designed to make people dance is somehow present there as well. Yeah. So they 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 are very entertaining. Let's put it yeah. like that. That's good. So yeah, Credence, they, so themselves, they formed in 1967, like I said, after the Blue Velvets and, and the other band name. Um, and that was when that they just became uh, John Fogerty's band, basically. And uh, an interesting thing, and something that, you know, the band is very tight, isn't it? Yeah. The, the rhythm section. I mean, yeah. all of them, they're yeah. just great yeah. musicians. When you think that they've had 10 years' experience between starting out and becoming Credence, naturally the tightness of the band is going to... Yeah be there it's going to be more present and more predominant you know so when they go in and do the studio and do some albums it's just easy to record because everyone knows yeah. their past and they can just play it live and nail it probably exactly and and do you think about um the i think they only lasted s credence from 67 to 72 is it that it's like yeah i think so I mean, yeah, well, running, we, we, yeah so, so check this out these are the albums they've done and this is how quickly they did them credence clearwater revival came out in may 1968 Right. Bayou County, country, January 1969, Green River, August 1969, Willie and the Poor Boys, November 1969. So that's three albums in a year. Um, Cosmos Factory, July 1970, Pendulum, December 1970, and Mardi Gras 1972. But Mardi Gras is an exception because uh, Tom Fogarty left for that album. I but see. you got the space of three years and just five incredible albums. Yeah, and I, album. you can listen to them from start to finish and... Yeah. Uh, and you just don't want to skip any songs. They're really good. But you would call them a hits band, wouldn't you? Because that's where yeah, their, their sure. biggest success came from. I mean, uh, um, yeah, sure. Yeah. Interestingly, you know, so I can't remember what I was reading or who it was, but they they, they were influenced by the Beatles as well. And I found this quote by John Fogerty. Oh, they? Yeah, he said... Um, who wasn't? Yeah, exactly. So he said... Four guys from England took us all by the hand, which I love. It's a quote because obviously we'll get to. <laughs> and the it's funny because I, I don't, I, I can't clearly identify any any Beatles influence in that music. Exactly. Not like, yeah. yeah. Maybe or maybe the the ability of coming up with really catchy choruses, yeah. which is maybe he was looking for that kind. Also, okay, you can tell um, that they write really short songs. They go straight to the point, you know, verse, chorus. He said something about that. And back verse and chorus. Yeah. That's it. I was finding some, I was looking at some quotes and he said something about that. He said that he doesn't see the point of skirting around the fat when he can just get straight to the point and sing his chorus. You know, um, was it um, Bad Moon Rising is like two and a half minutes and straight to the I see a bad Australian. That's the, yeah, exactly. <laughs> dun, 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 and the riff does the exact same yeah. melody as the vocals. And that's very country as well, isn't it? Yeah. Just going straight into well, the song. The, uh, yes, and the guitar doing in melodies that relate to the vocal, that's very country. If you listen to the guitar solo in Proud Mary, that is a typical, you know, country solo as yeah. well. And, and, and the, the main melody of the vocal is somewhere there mm. in the middle of the solo and again the solos there they they are not uh random solos they're not like 
uh, just phrasing around the guitar. You, he is actually kind of uh, referring to the melody somehow, or, 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 or you know, playing kind of a theme instead of yeah, instead you, of just soloing. You call it country, but could it also be called pop? Because pop yeah, does that as well. Yeah, you know, in a lot. a lot of pop songs, you have the middle guitar solo section, yeah. and it will just be a repeat of the melody with some yeah. other motifs thrown in. Yeah, I mean, and. Um, Definitely, you can see all of that. Interesting that you mentioned Bat Moon Rising because I have the song in my head now, and it made me think about uh, the the answer to a question asked me before we started recording. Basically, Lars asked me um, why do I think they're still relevant, isn't it, for yeah. for more than rock? Or, or if you're a musician, you start in a band now, why should you listen to Credence? Why should people listen to them in general nowadays, in this day and age? Yeah, and thinking about Bat Moon Rising. Isn't it a story that could be a movie told in two minutes and a half? I can't say I know the lyrics, but I, I can imagine yeah, what you're but, talking about. Yeah, but it's you, you know, know the imagery like a moon yes, rising. Yes, it's very majestic. Yeah. It's very, well, isn't it? The thing that captured a lot of their fans was the fact that, and this goes back to talking about calling them swamp rock. Yeah. was that they sang so often about the Mississippi River. The bayou. Do you know what a bayou is? Yeah. Because I had to look at what it is. A bayou is like <laughs> a swamp. It's um, I can't remember the geographical term. There's no boundaries. So it's not a river because a river you have boundaries, yeah. but a bayou has no boundaries. So it's like a creek, a swamp. Um, so you know, born on the bayou. This is born where they the were brought up. You imagine, you know. So again, yeah, going back to this, the the, the lyrics. Um, um, I, I perceive from like loads of uh, uh, more the bands when when people are trying to write songs. Uh, they're going to communicate with people, sometimes they're just pushing too hard. Just like, oh, I want to talk about you. No, talk yeah. about yourself. Yeah. You know, and John Fogarty's lyrics are about his childhood. Yeah. Lo- loads of it. And, you know, Born on the Bio, uh, Green River, and mm-hmm. you know, all that stuff. And, you know, his personal experiences, he was very uh, honest and very objective with the lyrics. Yeah. So it's like, I've, I went through this experience, I'm going to turn into a song. Yeah, you know, well, he was very. He, he appealed a lot to the uh, what we call the common folk because you know the song "Fortunate yeah. Song" that appealed a lot to the to the working class. Yeah, um, because the lyrics of that struck so haunted them. And if you listen to uh, um, "Long as I Can See the Light," it's a religious song. You know, the lyrics yeah. are, are are very spiritual, yeah. and it, it does it they, does communicate. They it? just seem like a pure band, don't they? They yeah. sing about what they want to sing about. Exactly. No this is my of, life. Yeah. This is how I spent my childhood. That's these are my like experiences, real experiences yeah, and I absolutely. want to put that into a song. And I think you communicate, uh, you connect to people uh, in a deeper level when you just expose your your true feelings. It's a bit cheesy, isn't it? But that's what it is. Absolutely. Know? Yeah. And they also sang politically, didn't they? Because uh, they discussed Fortnite Vietnam. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, no. What was the song they did that was about Vietnam? Was oh, it? Do I have to look at it. No, it was a fortunate song. But there is one of the songs. Um, I can't remember. We'll have to listen. What we'll do is we'll find that song, the one that's about Vietnam. We'll add it to the playlist. Well, we can just find it now. That's yeah. true. Yeah, but I don't know which I don't one it is. We can edit um, this up. Do you know that? Um, <laughs> so what we're doing now, guys, is as we've had some great feedback from you all. So thank you for all that. Yeah. Um, you wanted to hear musical examples of what we were talking about. So what we've done now is every episode is going to have a. Um, 
Ah, I've lost the word. It's been a long day. A playlist. Yeah, but a a corresponding playlist. So we've made a playlist for episode one about all the rock and roll stuff we talked about. Two, Queen, three, Zep. We're now going to make one and it will be on the show notes. If you go right to the bottom, we'll have the link to the playlist so you can hear the songs that we're talking about, really. Um, But yeah, so I I think we've discussed pretty in depth what Credence did for country, for rock, for pop even. Um, The end of Credence wasn't uh, a great thing was it it was very um, I think they were not in a good place as a band no. for a while by the time this the reason was, yeah it was because that John Fogerty um, took control of everything yeah. um, literally everything there's quotes that say he became something of a dictator um, and he just took creative control of everything and the band members didn't like it and interestingly the album Mardi Gras so Tom Fogarty left the band in 71, I think. And then Mardi Gras came out in 72. But Doug and Stu, it's Stu Cook and Doug Clifford, yeah. isn't it? Doug and Stu, they stayed, but they said, listen, we're only going to stay if you give us some chances to write some songs. Yeah, that's why they have their songs. Yeah, the, and they the got last three album, songs yeah. each on the last album. Yeah. And the album failed miserably. There you go. Yeah, and that's then you, uh, Is it? What was the last... Single, I think, was Sunday Never Comes. That, I think that uh, could have been, yeah. And this did the, you know, maybe the only hit in the album. That, yeah. that That's John Fogart, of course. So, again, it's it's funny when you um, when you see that some, some band members can get upset because someone is totally in charge. On the other hand, that person who is in charge knows that, you know, he's the, the reason for their success. Yeah. So, it's... it's, it's it's tricky, isn't it? Well, you can understand the position that they, yeah. they feel they're in a band. If this was John Fogerty and the Blue Velvets, yeah. you might understand because it's his name on it, but yeah. they were meant to be a band and John Fogerty kind of just cut them out of everything. So you can understand that naturally yeah. they felt a little you know, pissed off and everything. Um, but in the end, you know, I, I'm kind of weighing up. Do you try and fight for your creative, uh, not control, but for some form of creative input? Yeah. Or do you say, listen making a shitload of money with John's songs. Let's just let him carry on. Yeah, maybe maybe they actually have done that for a while, yeah. you know. And, and it's just like, those five years probably have gone so fast for them, you know. Pretty much five years or all of the... Just in the, the studio, on tour, in the studio, yeah. on tour. And as I said, making loads of money, having one guy as the, as the, the main guy in the band. And, yeah, tricky. Um, I also want to say, man, uh, that... People should listen to John Fogerty's solo stuff because it's... Is um, it good? Yeah. What album do you recommend? Oh, man, don't know the name. Does it sound like Credence? Oh, do you know that he hasn't... It it does sound like Credence. Uh, His songs do sound a bit like Credence, but... What would you uh, say? Are they more poppy? Are they more country? No, I... In, in many parts they're more country you know right. you have a slide guitars yeah. you have that kind of vocal harmonies there it's less rock for sure okay. in some cases uh, but he's got some like, some some good hits as well but um, his live gigs his solo live gigs are fantastic you know yeah, yeah. he's got um, for many years he's been playing with one of my favourite drums of all time Who's Kenny that? Aronoff oh yes yeah. and uh, it's, it's so good to see that you know his band playing Credence songs as well so yeah, I totally recommend people to listen to him solo. There's a live album called um, Premonition, which is one of the first, um, the first. It was the first time I saw John Fogerty on screen. You know, I had the really? I had a DVD, <laughs> and um, yeah, fantastic, brilliant. 
I wouldn't talk about this. So when I was doing my research, they I, I found a term that was attributed to credence, and it's a kind of genre, and the genre is called blue-eyed soul, and the definition of this genre is blue-eyed soul, rhythm and blues, and so, so rhythm and blues and soul music performed by white artists. Interesting. Do you think that applies to them? Well, it does. If you think about what we're talking about, them recording uh, Lead Belly's um, Cotton Fields, yeah. so that's them taking like all the way from the, the roots of black American music yeah. and turning just something of their own. Grapevine as well, Marvin Gaye. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So they did make that connection between uh, um, American folk uh, yeah. um, and blues. All I like the, the term, to... though, blue-eyed soul. I love that, blue-eyed soul. Yeah, interesting. I've never heard of that. So I you're doing good research, man. Yeah, I think it's because, <laughs> um, personally, I haven't ever met a lot of black people with blue eyes. Um, I'm sure there's plenty out there, but I haven't met anyone. And I think that might be what it is. I think oh, I'm just saying that a lot of white people have blue eyes. Um, oh, so they're calling it blue-eyed soul. What else could you call it? White man's soul? I don't know. Yeah. It's just, um, yeah, white men white men's blues yeah um, don't know. I like that one yeah <laughs> uh, it, it's interesting isn't it because uh, um, that's how powerful music is it, it it does connect cultures and people take things from from other cultures and other nationalities other stuff and they, they turn into something new what did we say in the first episode as well we said that rock and roll music was the first music to actually bring together two cultures yeah not, not bring them together but uh, appeal to two of them a, a two two of, and especially to young audiences as yeah. well and I think Creedence so Creedence are doing that yeah I, if I'm not wrong one of uh, John Fogarty's solo song is called Creedence Song as something about uh, you know uh, there's nothing you know nothing better than listening to a credence song and stuff like that it does it does relate a lot to you know young people yeah well like we said the end of credence wasn't uh, wasn't a pleasant sight to behold because it went on for a long time there was yeah. lots of lawsuits um, big fallouts big arguments check this out they were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and John Fogerty asked I don't know who he asked um, to ban Stu Cook and Doug Clifford from coming onto the stage. So he performed wow. with Robbie Robertson from the band, um, among oh, other people. So he performed with Robbie Robertson from the band, Bruce Springsteen, and he had Doug and Stu barred from the stage. Wow. It's horrible, isn't it? Such a shame. How do people get to that level? But anyway, we will never know. We were not there. No, exactly. But yeah. it's, it's, again, maybe that's it, being on the road and playing and recording. It's, it's a lot of stress. Isn't yeah, it? but yeah. on top of that, you know, like we said, the, the creative control. And again, if John's working his magic and writing some really good tunes, why wouldn't you just yeah. get on with it? I've actually got a quote. Um, did you want to say something? No, I, I have a question for you, but yeah. Okay, yeah. I'll read this quote first. Now, it's a long one, so bear with us. But this really tells me what John was thinking towards the end of Credence. Okay, right. so here it goes. <clears throat> I was alone when I made that music. Credence's music. I was alone when I made the arrangements. I was alone when I added background vocals, guitars, and some other stuff. I was alone when I produced and mixed the albums. The other guys showed up only for rehearsals and the days we made the actual recordings. For me, Credence was like sitting on a time bomb. We'd had decent successes with our cover of Suzy Q and with the first album. When we went into the studio to cut Proud Mary, it was the first time we were in a real Hollywood studio. RCA's Los Angeles studio, and the problem started immediately, so even from the second album. Yeah. 
Um, the other guys in the band insisted on writing songs for the new album. They had opinions on the arrangements they wanted to sing. They went as far as adding background vocals to Proud Mary and it sounded awful. They used tambourines and it sounded no better. That's when I understood I had a choice to make. At the point in time, we were just a one-hit wonder and Susie Q hadn't really been that big of a hit. Either this, the new album, would be a success, something really big, or we might as well start working at the car wash again. There was a big row. We went to an Italian restaurant and I remember that I very clearly told the others that I for one didn't want to go back to the car wash again. Now we had to make the best possible album and it wasn't important who did what, as long as the result was the very best we could achieve. And of course, I was the one who should do it. I don't think the others really understood what I meant, but at least I could manage the situation the way I wanted. The result was 8 million selling double-sided singles in a row and 6 albums that all went platinum and Melody Maker had us as the best band in the world. That was after the Beatles split, but still, and I was the one who had created all this. Despite that, I don't think they understood what I was talking about. They were obsessed with the idea of more control and more influence. So finally, the bomb exploded and we never worked together again. Well, that sums it up, doesn't it? What we would say about... Um... The justification. Yeah, why was actually a one-man band? The fact that he recorded loads of stuff and yeah. he wouldn't allow people to do it because he had a clear vision of the thing. And the results speak for themselves in that yeah. sense. Would Proud Mary be such a hit with the added tambourine and back vocals that he mentioned? We don't know. No, it could true. have been, but we don't know. It's tough, though, uh, for, for a musician and a band should not be heard. Yeah. On the other hand, when you have a leader who knows exactly what he's doing, um, follow yeah. the leader, you know. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, uh, I have a question for you. Hit me. Um, what's the best thing about Creedence? Um, Tough one. Do you know, the first when you ask me that question, the first thing I think of is his voice, because I find it very <laughs> unique, very recognisable, very distinctive. Yeah, he's strong, but his tone and his timbre is just... I don't think I've heard anyone sing it like him before, and yeah. or after. Yeah, if you listen to his voice, you can immediately recognise. That's John Fogarty, that's yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, and we talk, he was talking about guitars yeah. and, and lyrics, we didn't mention that. How powerful is his voice in that sense? What's yeah. your favourite thing about Credence? I think it is... Um, immediately makes me feel happy. Yeah. If I'm having a bad day, so I need to listen to my Creedence playlist. That you know, down yeah, on the corner, you listen yeah. to that, and you can see again. Uh, uh, um, uh, some guys like Bob Dylan and like John Fogerty, they're storytellers. Yeah. You know, when he when he's talking about down on the corner, you, you can you can see the musicians busking. That's the story of the song. You can see it happening, and it's like you are there. You're part of a, a movie or yeah. a short scene. And what makes you happy about it? Is it the lyrical think, content? Is it the music itself? I think it's the groove and it's, it's also a tempo. Even the ballads are not slow, yeah. not that much. I think long as I can see the light, it's a slow song. Mm. But it takes you with, with with the melody and it's not depressing. Yeah. Everything they do for me is it's uplifting somehow. Uh, and um you know, have you ever seen the rain? It's talking about, you know, it's the, it's the rain coming down and, and and it, it's not a negative thing. The way he puts it, it's like well, it's, it's part of life, you know. Yeah, and, that's a really uh, interesting take on yeah, it. Yeah, uh, and, and I think it's all, as we said, it's all imagetic. You can visualize the things they say. But yeah. every time I see those things when I'm listening to the songs, uh, the, the the combination of the lyrics, the melody, and the groove 
it make it makes me feel good. I, know? I completely understand what you're saying, um, which is interesting because a song like "Have You Ever Seen the Rain." Initially, you think, not a depressing song, but the content is potentially negative. Rain is not often associated with positivity. And you listen to the boom, boom, boom. It's like, it's, it's too groovy and, and, and nice to be a sad song. Yeah. So I know, even, even when the lyrics are, you know, slightly depressive, I don't feel anything bad about about yeah. about credence, and I have my own playlist, you know, with all the up tempo stuff as well. And it of makes course. it makes it feel like if you listen to the traveling band, yeah, like, that's fantastic. It's like I want to be in a band, you know. Well, something I read about that song, and actually the other one you mentioned, "Down on the Corner." If you think about traveling band and "Down on the Corner," do you think do do you think they those songs both have elements of funk in? Uh, "Down on the Corner" for yeah. sure. Because I remember learning that. The yeah, but the, the drum groove, mystery. yeah, it does use some some elements that are not rock yeah. at all. And yeah, for sure. Traveling bands kind of more bluesy. It's, it's not like like say. yeah, like um, uh, classic rock and roll, yeah. you know. From so it's a bit really up tempo, some stops. Yeah, again, I think it's uplifting. It's 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 the best thing uh, about credence for me is yeah. it does make me feel happy with zero effort, and it's simple. Yeah, you know, not not easy listening in the, in a, in a in a bad way when you when it's yeah. too uh, poor in terms of arrangements. Not that it's just it's simple yeah. and it's well designed. I agree. And it's and the message is clear. The lyrics are, are, are well written, mm. and there's no messing around. You know? Yeah, that's what I think. Yeah. Right, we'll take this time now to jump to one of our segments, and uh, I love the segments. You do, yeah. Um, so what we get, well mainly because you get to eat during them. Well, yeah, um, but there's no food here today. No, no. So this is a different version of Feed the Drummer. So unfortunately, I, you know, uh, so should I tell them about my day? Yeah. Um, so my day started, I drove to Jack's uh, this morning and it was tipping it down with rain on the M1. Um, and about six cars in front of me, two people had crashed. And um, all of the traffic was coming to a standstill. So I put my uh, hazard lights on to let the person behind me know that we were going to slow down drastically. I don't know if you guys have that in whatever countries you're from, but that's a British thing. Um, and the gentleman behind me, I say gentleman, I'm convinced he was looking at his phone, um, didn't see or wasn't looking. And he was coming at me about 50 miles an hour and I had to push my car and bump the car in front and go to the rail um, so that he wouldn't just hit me straight on. Um, and it really fucked me up. I was really scared, man. I've had an awful day. Um, I was really sick afterwards. And, um, yeah, it just didn't feel nice. So, anyway, my, my reason for telling you this is that we've, um, I, didn't, I wasn't able to plan these week, this week's segments. Um, there you go. So it's all it. improvised. I know, exactly. So, but, but you, if I did have a chance... You've escaped a car crash and you've played a gig. So yeah, that's what we do. If I did have time and planning, I would be showing Felipe some grapes now. Grapes. But you can guess that, can't well, I? Heard it for the grape There you go, oh, yeah. But, um, feed, feed the Drummer. Yeah, but uh, Feed the what Drummer. A song. It is, yeah. Great cover as well. Yeah. Um, and it, was it like 12 minutes long? I think it's 11, 12, yeah. And Incredible. It's, you know, half of it's a guitar song. That is the only song where he shows off as a guitar player. Oh, really? Player, John? Yeah. Oh, really? I thought Tom was the guitar player. Well, I think John does. John played on it. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. Um, but anyway, you know, we, we Feed the Drummer 
you have to understand when I um, when I try and look for tedious food links between bands, it gets very hard. So I'd like to say that not every feed the drummer, unfortunately, and I'm sorry to say, won't involve food. But I'm going to feed him some stuff, as in I want to feed him some songs I like or some drum tracks that I like. And this week I wanted to, I mean, you've probably heard it, but I want to talk to you about the song uh, Penthouse Pauper. Do you know the one? Don't think I know that one. Um, listen to it. Wow. Uh, if you can film your reaction for the uh, for, the, for our audience, um, it's just right. it's just for me. If you said pick one credence song that says for which album? Because I, I must have heard it. I just don't remember. I don't know, bro. I've listened to all these albums in the last few days. Yes. Um, I don't. I don't want to take a guess. Uh, but again, we'll put it in our playlist for you. Yeah. Um, it's just the epitome to me, for me of the swamp rock. Right. It's dirty. It's grungy. Um, the guitar solo is, is amazing, and his vocals and the lyrics as well. Very, I don't want to say political, but um, back to the working class, like we said. You know, he's comparing himself to the rich elites of the world. Um, some fantastic lyrics in there as well. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll listen to that. I yeah. feed you that, and uh, you so, got to film your reaction so we can give. And everyone. it's clear in this show that Lars does his research properly. Whilst I'm just trying to remember stuff. This is a good, <laughs> yeah. But this is a good dynamic because. I can spit out some facts and you tell us your opinion on it. It's good. Yeah. Imagine the you crap. You actually remind me of stuff. You know, like, oh, yes. Because, exactly. as I said, I've played in a tribute band, so I've listened to every single album, every single song. Doesn't mean I remember all of them. And uh, I've played loads of those songs on stage. And interesting thing, man, we were playing to audiences who couldn't speak English. Right, and they'd sing and, along anyway, right? And I hear... Yeah, you know, I was talking about the power of the lyrics and everything, but it's just like the melodies. Yeah, they were singing yeah. along, and if you play "Have We Ever Seen the Rain," everyone anywhere in the world is going to sing. Of course, course. Yeah, exactly. yeah, it's just beautiful. So that yeah, they do have that power, you know. And uh, imagine how crap it would be if if we both came as prepared as I do. We'd just be saying facts, you know. Yeah, Nineteen sixty-seven, like, they formed. They were first called the Blue yeah, Velvet. You just go for Google if you want that kind of stuff. <laughs> this show is like more spontaneous. Some things you're going to say from yeah, his side. only from my side. I like prepared. to be prepared. I just like to know. I like, like to be in not not so accurate all the time. You know, it's like rock you, and roll. You're the requires jazz. No, you're the jazz. You're the, the improvising. Well, my, I'm the classical. I'm the, yeah, the, class. Yeah, the exactly. two degree, the two opposite degrees exactly. of the music But spectrum. rock and roll. Um, Rock and roll should hurt, shouldn't it? It doesn't have to be perfect. Uh, yeah. Um, okay, talking we, about... We managed to get our weekly spiny, yeah. Spinal Tap reference in. Always have rock to and roll should hurt. Should hurt. Yeah. Well, should, uh, should change your life, not necessarily for the better. So this show, we hope it changes your life, not necessarily for the better. <laughs> um, but yeah, you talk about the groove. Just want to mention that Suzy Q, which was their first hit, has a uh, massive, you know powerful groove and it's the one thing repeating itself all the way to the end which is a formula they 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 use it they use so well yeah. you know it's a great Same. song as well for yeah. a first single yeah and it's just that one groove and the one guitar riff repeating repeating yeah and it gets more powerful as you listen to it and yeah. it doesn't sound repetitive at the end no that's brilliant. true i think they build lots of layers on here are so we, we're going to go into our next uh, segment which is as controversial as it can possibly be. Ladies and gentlemen, Last Unleashed. On this week's segment of Last Unleashed, 
Um, I thought I'd talk about the end of Credence, and here it is. Um, for me, it tarnishes the name of a band to find out the arguments, court cases, suing, led to the downfall of a band. It, it really, st it really hurts, especially the band who you know, you know, John Fogerty's songs were so. Forever. I mean, what's what's the song? Wrote a song for everyone. Yeah, but not, album. but not a song for everyone when Doug and Stu want to perform it. Exactly, and they're not part of that the album as well. Yeah, of course, because after the lawsuits, you're not going to invite those guys to play with you. In the end of the day, yeah, I I, I get your point. As in, as in it really, as in I put an asterisk next to it. Queen's Clearwater Revival, 1967 through to 1972. Notes um, ended because of feuds, suing, rivalries. I, it's I, something it's, we didn't we didn't want to hear about no, any bands, no, and, and it's so right. sad. And it has happened to so many of them. Absolutely, yeah. so many bands. And I I think about making music, um, it's really emotionally demanding, yeah, and mentally demanding as well. So I I understand why people get to that point, but I I agree with you. So that's not so controversial. It's there one of go. the few times I'm going to agree with last. We'll keep Never score. Happens. We'll keep score of how keep many score. times Felipe agrees with well, me. the score so far? We're going to check uh, it for next yeah, time. We'll do it, we'll do it. But, but anyway. usually I don't agree with you with the Lies and Lee's, uh, opinions. But <laughs> maybe I think, this means yeah. I need to find more controversial stuff. Yeah, you could be more controversial anyway. Yeah. You have a reputation now. You know, people are going to hate you anyway. <laughs> I set the bar too yeah. high with the ACDC yeah, I never say anything. I, you're not, never going to hear my controversial opinions <laughs> in this show. Uh, I don't have many anyway. Yeah. But yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, I think um, it would be nice if all the bands had a, a you know, happily ever after mm. story. But, you know, real but life. But then is, is Credence's legacy the fact that they only went for five years? And if they'd have gone on any more, maybe the content would have not gone so good. But actually, no, that's you know not true what? because you said John's Fogarty's song yeah, album. But even though, but that solo career is not a band. You okay. don't know what would happen in terms of personal relationships yeah. there. What, how would that affect that their ability to write together and to play together? So yeah, some bands, I think we're lucky that they didn't last for too long yeah. because they only had, you know, I've heard from from a friend of mine once like the first five albums are usually the best. Uh, I, I might disagree, but you, some good bands they do release a sequence of the f first four or five albums. They're just perfect. Yeah, no, I agree. and if you can end after that, why not? I mean, yeah. no one wants to stop playing and gigging, but uh, and making money like from the, good yeah, records. So like, they, so apart from all the the yeah. the sad story about the end of the band, uh, it's a happy and beautiful story yeah. what they left behind uh, in terms of music isn't it so, yeah. to summarise for you what did Credence Clearwater Revival do for rock and roll oh tough um, they mix different genres in a perfect and balanced way yeah. and they do ballads and rock songs mm to the same level to the same yeah exactly that's just, very true yeah it's just excellent insane. awesome love them <laughs> yeah well anyway guys thank you for joining us for another episode I think we'll call it a day here we need to go and get some sleep don't we because yeah, we've, got another, we've got a gig tomorrow and then another one on Sunday fortunately we've got more festivals lined up yeah. so yeah great so, stuff so um, thank you for joining us um, uh, please find us on our social medias so we are at long live RNR pod on Instagram and Twitter and you can search long live rock and roll podcast on Facebook and YouTube to follow us there 
Um, I'm at Laz Unleashed if you want to give me a follow, and he's at Feed underscore the drummer. Um, so again, thank you for joining us. We've had a really great time. Creedence, great band. Um, and yeah, thank you for being with us. Yeah, thanks everyone. Just, you know, follow us, stay in touch, uh, leave your opinions and comments. But, uh, yeah, keep on rocking everyone. And as always, take care and long live rock and roll.